In this installation, I feel what I was trying to do was to get something that is very environmental, very aesthetic in nature, um, but also very invisible, um, something like the wind, and see how I could massage that data into an installation context, how I could take that experience out of its natural environment, kind of look at it as data, but then reclaim some of that poetics in the experience of it. Artist Joel Ong is a resident artist in the Jack Straw New Media Gallery. During his residency, Joel created a sound installation entitled Those Who Observe the Wind. Joel is a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Washington's Center for Digital Arts and Experimental Media. His first career path was as a scientist. Now, his artwork retains deep concern for the environment. Most people would agree that we're in a stage in our relationship with the environment where, you know, we're recognizing that a lot of things that we have done both now and in the past have contributed to it being a little less than savory, to say the least. And so I think that one of the ways in which uh, we could begin to think about or to talk about these issues is to realize our relationship with the environment. And science does a great job by giving us or saturating us really with observational data and um, you know, telling us where and what is going wrong in the world. Uh, and sometimes you know, sitting down and reading it on a Facebook news post is a really divorced experience of this real thing. I mean, not many of us can go up to the North Pole, for instance, and hear the sound of ice cracking and melting. But I think one of the things that I was thinking about is a deeper observation really would be the starting point for um, multiple avenues of exploration. So it could definitely be into environmental activism or it could be into aesthetic forms or it could really just be a closer realization of the relationships that we have on a daily basis. Ong's installation is both visually and sonically rich. What's happening in this installation is we're getting real-time wind data from a weather station that's down the road. And every time the wind blows in a certain direction, uh, I have composed uh, certain algorithms for it to follow. Um, So, for instance, if the wind's blowing from southwest, it would start off at a certain position within the boxes. It would choose uh, how it would move or what pattern it would follow in that array. So you open the door, and the room is dark. There are burlap curtains hung from the wall, and there are two sound sources that you can experience. One is a steady draft of wind that you hear from the bass. There are speakers at the far ends of the walls, but you cannot see them, and they are placed on the floor, so this wind sound actually feels like it's coming from the ground. As you walk in, though, you notice a group of 16 modular boxes that are arched towards the sky, and they're arranged in an ascending order. And as you look at them, you realize each of them is making a sound as well. It sounds almost like somebody strumming a violin or hitting a zither. And you know, you realize that it's creating some kind of patterns. So as you walk closer in, 
As your eyes get adjusted to the dark, you start seeing more of these shadows and geometric forms that are in that space. All the boxes are modular and they're nondescript. They are all similar to each other, but they all have a different sound. And you realize that they are not only arranged in ascending order, but they are also scalic in that the pitches coming from each boxes are different. So there's a point where you can sit and rest almost under the shade. And at that point, it feels like the wind that is coming from the ground is moving up through these boxes and to the sky. And the general experience, uh, I think, in this space is that the more you listen to it, the more you realize that this behavior becomes very organic. And just by simply observing it, you determine that there is a behavior that is collected over these boxes that is random, that is fleeting, um, and that is uh, almost transitory. Ong is a modern global citizen and an explorer of ideas. He grew up in Southeast Asia, lived in Western Australia, and now lives in Seattle. The son of a minister, he studied classical music, then turned to experimental and improvisational music. He became an ecologist and now finds art the place where he can think most freely about things that concern him. His current work, blending science, concept, and sound, draws on all of his experiences. When I was growing up, I grew up in a nice sub-rural urban neighborhood in Singapore. Uh, so that's in Southeast Asia, and Singapore, as you know, was one of the most quickly developing nations at that time. Um, so a lot of my childhood was filled with sounds of construction, was filled with um, vehicular traffic um, that was steadily increasing. We had a playground that we went to a lot, but even that was slowly being taken over by these uh, new housing developments. Um, and eventually it just became a concrete slab that was a so-called park <laughs> where people could, I don't know, you know, just just walk. I mean, there wasn't very much uh, of a natural environment people could interface with anymore. But when I was young, uh, we did have a couple of trees in our backyard. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that I really loved to do was, was to climb um, and pluck fruits of um, a guava tree. That was, uh, you know, that was my tree. And, you know, I fell off it a number of times and kicked at it a couple of times. But, you know, it was, um, I was, I was very close to it, not, not only emotionally, but also like physically. I would spend a lot of time kind of studying the branches. I would run my hands over um, these branches that were, were really interesting because they weren't woody or splintery as you would imagine a tree branch to be, but they were kind of smooth. They were pale sometimes. There were spots where the bark had kind of stripped off and the fruits were just uh, the best. <laughs> Ong's work constantly refers back to the scientific process of collecting detailed data and then interpreting that data to find meaning. While looking to the future, he also draws great inspiration from an important 18th century artist and naturalist. I started off as an ecologist, so I really was um, one of those people that was stuck in a lab for a long time. You know, you observe things that were in nature and they were supposedly so poetic and fluid, but then they were really dry and and trite in, in the laboratories, you know, and you looked at them and you studied them over and over again. So, I mean, for me, you know, aesthetics never really played a part in my, my early education. 
But you know, I mean, going further, it was it was really nice that in uh, in my undergraduate studies, I started doing more projects that were based on you know seeing how environmental uh, factors were influencing uh, animal life and uh, how that would change the dynamic systems. I did I did a little bit of that when I was in my undergraduate studies, and being out in the field, you know, was a really really profound experience for me. I mean, I, I think back on uh, you know. Henry David Thoreau's Walden, and I think about how he he was always uh, the champion of bringing people back to the rural um, and to the simple observation of everyday life. Thoreau kind of spoke to me because he represented something that we were trying to achieve in the lab or something that scientists really pride themselves in being is this really um, tenacious or persistent force that day after day you would be taking these uh, observations methodically, uh, tediously, and tirelessly, really. And, and, and you know, he, he represented that. He used to make recordings of the times that these plants would flower. He used to take recordings of the tides and how high the tides would be in certain months in the year. And what you get after that is, uh, you know, a copious amount of information that reflects on the state that a particular place or site was or is, but through the poetics of literature and, and listening to him, uh, reading about him, describing these things, uh, and then seeing how he used that as kind of a way to, to draw you into that space, you know, it started making me feel like there was a very poetic sense to, to um, all the things that he was doing. I think like Thoreau, the life of the ecologist is almost very cleanly separated between the physical environment that you do your observations within and the so-called in vitro environment of the lab. And, you know, at some point, you start to wonder, maybe there's a middle ground between these two. And I feel like um, between data and the um, environment, you know, there's this huge gap where metaphor really becomes very prevalent where simulations are possible, where artistic or aesthetic impressions of either data or environmental stimulus can kind of play around. So I think I feel like my role right now um, is, in a sense, kind of to bridge these two, like the outside world and maybe a, a computational world. Even the title of Ong's new work shows his balancing of his past and present. The title is drawn from the Bible, but he wants us to think about the ideas in new ways. If I were to complete the next part of the title, actually, it, it was uh, those who observe the wind will not sow, which is actually a biblical verse in Ecclesiastes. And uh, the irony of it was, you know, of course, I, I think in, in biblical terms, they were talking about context. You know, if you consistently look around you and, and neglect what is literally in front of you or on your plate, then nothing really gets done. Uh, and the irony over here is that what I am doing is observing the environment, and that is my plate. And so, in a sense, I also want to bring to the visitors to this installation this idea that observing the wind may seem like a trivial activity, but it matters a lot in the general scheme of things. And, and I think about how the observation of small systems or small entities could kind of be expansive in the sense that it kind of reminds us of where we are in this environment, and it reminds us that we're part of this bigger global planetary system of climates, of, of shifts in weather, 
even of simple things like breath, where when we breathe out, we're actually contributing to this so-called windy process. Joel Ong's installation, Those Who Observe the Wind, was created through the Jack Straw Gallery Residency Program. Podcast producer and interviewer is Steve Rowland. Sound engineer and editor is Daniel Gunther. Jack Straw Executive Director is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Artist Residency Programs are made possible with support from the Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, Washington State Arts Commission, National Endowment for the Arts, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. Special thanks go to Power to Give donor Ed Lebo. For further information, contact us at arts at jackstraw.org.